0: All right, man. Welcome to Pro Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 495. Jason Lingren is with me and Marion Gentry returns. Uh, in a minute, I'll look up the uh, episode she's been on. Marion uh, improved on the Gerson method. The first time I ever heard about coffee enemas and the importance that the, the role they can play in people who are not well, it was from the Gerson method. What Marion has done to catch everyone up is she improved the coffee. Portion of this, and she proved it. Proved it. Like, what makes this work? Uh, How do I make it better? And she provides and supplies green coffee, as it's called. Uh, Now, if you go up to the top nav and Crow 777 radio, there's a sponsors link that used to be on the episode page. There is a link to Marion's products, the green coffee there. I think there's a discount of some sort. There usually is. If there's any issue, you can always send us an email. But welcome, Jason.
1: And a hot good morning.
0: Welcome, Marion. Good morning. Hot here too and humid. And where are you? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Ah, well, I'm having my first semi-warm day. We've had beautiful days, but they have been windy and cold. Um, I've been preparing my garden, but uh, God's not fooled. It'll be warm when it's warm. (laughs)
1: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: we we have a list that I think is helpful from you. What we're gonna do is the most frequently asked questions about coffee enemas. But for those who have not ever heard of why this is done, basically I'll just catch you up. The Gerson method was announced, I think, in the 1930s by Max Gersman that he had cured cancer. Within three months, they'd outlawed what he's doing. Now the Gerson method relies on juices, living juices, prepared in a specific way, not just put through a blade or a typical juicer. It's pressed. But in conjunction with that, for the first time we hear, at least for me, you hear about coffee enemas. Now, the first time I did this when I was in my, I don't know, 30s maybe, I'm guessing, and it worked, what I call a liver dump, which I don't think is actually properly what's going on now that I know a bit more about it. But within two seconds of that happening, I felt like I was 16 again. And what comes out of you? I'm not going to be rude about it, but it's like Ghostbusters. And so at that point, I realized this was real. Now that catches everyone up on why the coffee is important, but let's catch up with Marion. I get a lot of questions, Marion, about people saying, will this get things out of me like metals?" Or I took the jab. And I feel like there's metallic things in me. Do you feel like this process helps to clear the body of such things?
1: Yes, for sure. Because everything, including the jab and other vaccinations along the way, like mercury, are all stored in the liver. And when you do the coffee enema, because it is a low retention coffee enema, which means going directly to the liver, then it dumps everything that's stored in there. So it's not going to happen overnight. You have to, you know, do them daily, sometimes maybe twice a day. But you can actually get there. As for the jab, well, that's a different story altogether. Um, We have kind of come up with a protocol to eliminate a lot of that from the body. So um, I have a link for that where if people are interested, they can go to. And they can read about what they need to do to get rid of that. But yeah, for sure, the body can get rid of almost anything if you leave it alone and clean the liver.
0: All right. So just to catch everyone up, if you go to the sponsored links, the one, it says green coffee. It's like uh, blue, light blue, and it says green coffee and green. That's the image. Uh, I have here 10% off with a code. Uh, Marion will correct me if any of that has changed, but she provides everything just so you know, the kit, the enema bucket. um, And it's better than like an enema bag. And we may cover that. But Rose, if you're listening, can you give me the back episode for Marion? Jason, anything you want to ask before we start to get into the uh, most frequently asked questions about coffee enemas? Not yet. Okay, so the back episode is 406. I would give it a listen. So... Is there anything you want to add, Marion, or should we jump into the most frequently asked questions about this process?
1: Yeah, let's just jump right
0: in. Okay. Now, when I started doing this years ago for the first time, I wasn't able to get, I, I forget how much it was. It was over, I think it was over two cups, if I remember correctly. And I couldn't hold it or I couldn't even ingest that much. So the first question is here is I wasn't able to hold more than 16 ounces. How can I hold the liquid longer? And some people say I can't hold it at all. So can you address that and also make it clear how long should you hold it in?
1: Yeah, the whole process is actually 32 ounces of boiled coffee. So when you lay down and you first insert the tube, a lot of people the very first time can actually hold it and they're quite proud of themselves. However, that's because the liver is still asleep. It's kind of shut down, it's idle, it's not working, it's not pumping. So generally what happens when the liver wakes up, then it starts to release toxins, which goes into the bloodstream and toxins want out of your body. So they want to push their way out of all orifices. So, of course, it's going to want to push the tube out. Um, Your nose might run. Your eyes will run. And uh, that's really why people can't hold it. So my suggestion for everybody, and this question comes up, I guess, 100 times a week it seems like, um, take the first six or seven ounces, clamp off the hose. Pull the red tube out, try to hold it for about three minutes. It takes the liver three minutes to pump the blood through and purge. So think of holding it in three minute intervals. So if you can hold it for three to six minutes, then you've already had two passes. Go and dump that down the toilet, come back and take the rest. And that normally does help the process now if you have a lot of toxins and they are being pushed out it could take weeks it could take months before you can hold it ideally holding it for 15 minutes is perfect but if you can do 12 that's you know that's still great anything that you can hold and dump will be relieving your body of toxins sometimes after doing a coffee enema you may feel a little fluey kind of yucky, sticky, nauseous even, then what that means is, is that the toxins are still circulating in your body and you haven't relieved yourself of all of them. So then I would wait two hours or so and go back and do another coffee enema and get them out. So you need more, not less. A lot of people, when they feel this feeling, they go, oh my God, I just felt so sick. I couldn't do any more. Well, actually, that's the wrong way around.
0: You need to do more, not less. So according to the Gerson method, just because so, I know people will ask, when you're super sick and you're in her protocol, you're doing this every hour to every two hours, all day, every day, or at least that was the old protocol. I've also heard. Yeah, every her, two hours. Yeah, I've heard from others that since Charlotte Gerson left us at 91 or two, whatever she was, that unfortunately, the Gerson what do we call it? Is it original method? Yeah. Yeah, The Gerson original method. It's become a bit corporatized. Now, Dr. Trebin, who we've have on the show, I think has made contact. So we'll catch up with what's going on down at the Gerson clinic in Tijuana, because it's not legal to take basically apple and carrot juice to treat cancer and then use coffee enemas. My main point being is it's not dangerous. And the reason I bring this up is not too long ago, I searched the Gerson method on uh, Wikipedia, and they literally said that the authorities consider this to be dangerous. So let's move on to the next thing here. Oh, the other thing we should point out, which I don't think we did, is when you do a coffee enema, you lay on your right side. Can you explain why that's important?
1: Yes, you lay on your right side, knees up in the fetal position, and the reason for that is that your liver and your gallbladder is on the right side. So when you're laying down and you're administering the coffee and the form in which it's going up following the pattern of your body, the, your liver is actually being bathed in the coffee. So that in turn forces the bile ducts to open and release all the toxins. So that's the reason. A lot of people think it should be your left side or on your back. I've seen people do, you know, hold on their back, holding knees, rocking back and forth. None of that is necessary for the low retention enema to detox your liver. I'm sure there are other forms of ways to take an enema, but this is specifically for detoxing the liver and dumping the gallbladder. So definitely on your right side and just lay down comfortably with your knees up, like, you know, in the fetal
0: position. So back in the day, I actually met Charlotte Gerson because I was in San Diego and her office was downtown. And I had explained to me physiologically, as well as what you've said, why it's important to do that. To make the point before we go to the next commonly asked question, Marion pointed out that she has figured out that every three minutes you get a full cycle when you're holding the coffee in you. From the last episode, she informed us there was no reason to go longer than 15 minutes but the point I would make is if you're holding it in three minutes is the mark. If you make three, then the moment you make three, the next mark you want to aim for is three practice makes perfect. Uh, It is my observation that when you do this at first, it's a little tricky, but you get used to it. Here's the next question. Uh, Some people complain about getting cramps when they're doing this.
1: Uh, Yeah. Often that is because either the bucket is too high Uh, the bucket should really be about 18 to 20 inches high, not much higher than that. And so when the liquid flows in too fast, then you actually get spasms. So the ideal height is, like I said, 12, um, 18 to 20 inches high. And if it does go in and you are still getting cramped, then I suggest clamping off the tube for a second, taking a few deep breaths, through your nose out through your nose and then just give that a little time to subside and that should help it other than that there really isn't any other way around it except just taking that time and breathing through it and then doing it opening up the clamp and taking the rest of the coffee
0: i'm trying to look up real quick how many ounces are in a is it 5 ounces to a cup do i remember that correctly I think it's four, isn't it? Is it four? I, I thought it was five. Maybe someone else can look up what we're talking, but so it's
1: thirty-two ounces. I think it's four cups, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Well oh, that's that sounds, right. yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So much for yeah. <laughs> my chef training all those years ago I've forgotten. <laughs> the one I remember is a pint <laughs> is a pound the world around. <laughs> According to this, one cup equals eight fluid ounces. Eight fluid go. ounces. Okay, so yeah. the frequently asked question next up on the hit list here is: Am I supposed to use all thirty-two ounces? And I'll give you my experience. I forget what it was. I know it was like over two cups. Maybe it was getting close to thirty-three. But I remember when I first started, just doing the two cups uh, was a bit beyond what I could deal with at first. Um, but again, practice. So you recommend thirty-two ounces, which is four cups of liquid, so basically coffee is is that what needs to happen here?
1: Yeah, 32 ounces is kind of the ideal number. People sometimes go to 40 or 45, which you're, you know, you're going into some territory that is a little dangerous because it's too much. But 32 is what you aim for. So that's why I say take the six or seven ounces, go dump that, come back, and you can generally take the rest, the other 24, or 20 whatever's left you can normally do that but a lot of times taking the whole 32 is a little difficult for some and then there are others are just like guzzle butts and they just suck it in and get on with it it's uh it's quite amazing
0: is there a big difference between people's uh, sizes physical sizes that's what i was going (laughs) to (laughs) ask
1: um not necessarily not the inside most people can take 32 even the tiniest of people uh, can still manage 32 you know the our insides and our intestines are you know huge so
0: we can all t- we can all do 32. well here's the thing my wife has always been in the neighborhood of a hundred pounds i think at her heaviest she was under 120 years and years ago but when we first started doing this she's calling me a sissy because she didn't have a problem she's <laughs> She's tiny and she's all, what's your deal? You're so much bigger than me. You should be able to do this. And I couldn't. Right. It was like, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Normally, normally the smaller you are, uh, the easier it is. I find girls like that, you know, five foot, five foot one weighing a 100 pounds they're the guzzle butts they just suck that in and <laughs> go guzzle, on with it it's a quiet. guzzle butt now there's
0: one that's gonna stick <laughs> charlotte charlotte gerson used to call it an upside down coffee break
1: right <laughs> yeah butt. for sure
0: <laughs> you know what's funny is because when people first are exposed to what we're talking about they're all are you serious has it come to this and and i kind of think I kind of think, look at how we've all kind of been raised where we can go watch John Wick shoot someone in the face a hundred times in 30 minutes, but, but we can't (laughs) talk about the only known method to actually clean your body out. And by the way, have have you heard this, so colonic, we had looked into colonics at the time that we met Charlotte Gerson. And the reason was, is I did it and I literally felt like, like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years fell off me the moment that I actually cleaned out for the first time. And I thought, oh my God. So we started looking into colonics and other things. By the way, I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, it depends how it's being used. But the point is we had heard that originally the idea of cleaning yourself out in this way came from the ibis bird back in Egypt. That was the claim because the beak of the ibis is shaped perfectly for the bird to clean its own self out. Are you aware of this?
1: um i wasn't until you mentioned it on the last episode that is so fascinating so i believe it's true
0: i i think it's true too because the claim is and i i don't remember i know i must have looked into this that the bird that the bird was observed with its weird shaped beak kind of curved long beep cleaning cleaning its own self out and so the human being said hmm and that's, that's the claim on, on where all this got started. But anyhow, on to the next question. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth looking into because, you know, you know, my feelings, if nature teaches you a thing, you'd just been told the truth. So if it is true exactly. that, that this all came from an ibis, then I'm all in, man. I want to know. Yeah. But anyhow, the next question is people, and I'm assuming this is people using your kit not some other enema mm-hmm. bag. Your your kit has a red tube and some people feel like the tube is too flexible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really is. Um, the reason for that, for using that tube is when it goes in the anus, it needs to go in and go round the corner slightly, like slightly bent. With the original uh, enema kits, the hose is very hard. And actually the little hole on the end is quite Rough too, yes, yes. so that could do some damage going in. So mine is very, very soft and smooth. So, the idea to push it in if you're going to hold it in the middle, then no, you're not going to get it in. But the trick to it is hold it about two inches from the end, and then it becomes you know very stiff and usable. So that way, it's hard, harder, and you can just push it right in. And as soon as you get it in and you push sometimes it might be harder to push in that's when if you release the clamp on the hose it's like it releases air and then the red tube will go in so much easier rather than trying to push it all the way in with the clamp closed do you understand what i'm
0: saying i do and people can reference this you know the first time we covered this there were so many comments like are you are you for real? covering this you know what have we come to <laughs> but here's the funny thing in the forum later some of the people who've made that comment actually did it and they're like i i can't imagine uh, how much better i feel how much more energy yeah. i have they were doing it in the morning which a lot of people do maybe it's part of the recommendation but they said they were light on their feet on the way out the door so everybody use your open mind right now for the next question i'm gonna ask what is the actual insert distance would you estimate
1: probably 4 to 6 inches.
0: Is it clear with the device that that's what it should be?
1: Not really, but um the device I think is 12 inches long. So I, you know, you can kind of eyeball it. You know where half is and then just kind of grab it a quarter of the way down from there. So and you can feel, you know, when you put your hand around, you can feel how much of the tube is left. If it goes in a little more, that's okay. It's not going to hurt but you do need to get it in a good way so it goes in and around. And you can kind of feel it when that happens. So I'd say four to six inches, even eight inches is not
0: going to be terrible. So let me just make the point one more time. I am unaware in this world that I have researched for decades now of any other method to get stuff out of your body. And by the way, uh, when I first met Fortune, and we started talking, he was already all about it, and he had all these specialty ways of doing it. And just so you know, Fortune's significantly older than I am. He looks younger than I do. You can ask Jason. Jason, does Fortune look younger than I do? Fortune looks quite incredible for the age that we are assuming he must be. Indeed, and this is part of his all-the-time regime, what we're talking about. So this brings us on to another important one, Can people who are pregnant do this? If they are breastfeeding, can they do this?
1: Yes. I've had a couple of clients uh, email me and tell me that they did coffee enemas through their whole pregnancy. They had a home birth. They had babies that weighed over nine pounds, which seems to be unheard of in today's world. Uh, In my day, people were having babies nine, 10, even 11 pounds in weight. You're lucky now if you can get a baby that comes out of seven pounds. But So they all, several of them, uh, did it the whole way through, said that it kept them really healthy, very relaxed, and they ended up having very relaxed, happy babies. And they continued to breastfeed through the whole process, still while doing coffee enemas, which when you think about it makes sense because they're eating healthily anyway. And if they're cleaning out their body, cleaning out their liver, the milk that they're producing is of high quality. So it doesn't make sense not to do it in actual fact. When you really understand the way it works and how your body is clean and healthy and you're clean and healthy, your brain and your focus is all there. It just makes perfect sense to me. I just wish I had known about this when I was pregnant. I would certainly have done it.
0: The baby weight is a thing alone that underscores why what we're talking about is so critically important. I think Japan has already announced that their birth rate has them in dire straits, like critically dire. They're closing schools. All I, I mean, there's going to be no Japanese people left if we stay on this trajectory. And every time I begin to think about what it is, I always remember my, my conversations with Fortune, who's a doctor, by the way. And he says, this world is so toxic right now that it's almost impossible to assess what's wrong with people. And so when you think about what we're talking about, the only method that I'm aware of, of getting those toxins out. But I I was lucky that I did this two or three times and I had trouble getting it in. I had trouble holding it. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. I said, yeah, yeah. This was an enema. I think I was given an enema as a kid. And I remembered, yeah, there's no big deal here. I don't even remember why I kept at it. We were studying Gerson. So maybe that was part of it. I knew there was something there because I knew that Gerson, it was a big deal. And then the day that my body actually flushed out, it was like, oh my God. And you can't even really describe. I mean, what was I in my thirties? Maybe. So this is quite a while. The world was less toxic. The further back you go, probably. That's not all the way true. But what comes out of you is indescribable. It's like you can't imagine that you're walking around every day with that gunk in your body. Do you remember the first time that you did this and it worked, Marion? Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, As you were talking, it gave me goosebumps because uh, it took about three months for me, though. Um, cause I was quite sick, uh, for many, many years as, from a child, really. But, um, so when it happened to me, it was, it was just like the Ghostbusters, but more like a machine gun. I mean, that thing, and I don't want to be graphic, but if you imagine a machine gun shooting out, it was, it was something, it was intense. And afterwards I had to go and lie down. I lay down for about 25 minutes because, I was so exhausted from that experience, but it felt like everything came from my brain and left my body.
0: But you felt better. Did you feel better?
1: Yeah. I mean, Instantly? Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. I swear it was almost like every virus, every illness, all the bacteria, everything that had built up in my body over those years had just eliminated in one bell swoop. It was the most amazing thing. And I think that's what put me on the path to share this and look into it more because I couldn't imagine anything having such a reaction as this. And from that day forward, I have never seen a doctor. I've never been to, and this is probably close to 20 years now, 17 years or something. So I've never seen a doctor. I don't feel the need anymore. People tell me I don't look my age. I don't act it for sure, but I am just the best I've ever been. I feel better now. My skin is better now. My brain is better now than it was when I was in my twenties
0: for sure. So it's a, it's a similar thing. What you're saying is this is the problem. When I first started talking about this to a large audience, So many people just were not ready and they felt like, come on, man, this is a bridge too far. Why are you talking about this? But now, many, many more minds are open because of what's happened in the world. People are realizing this worldview I had before, it wasn't right. All the things I was told in school, it's like how to get along in the system, nothing about reality, nothing about the system, nothing about the real world. And to not be graphic, the first time it worked for me, like and the reason we're referencing Ghostbusters is you've seen the ghost slime people. What came out <laughs> was atrocious and it smelled like chemicals. And I can't even describe. It's like, how could that have possibly been in me? I'm a clean person. Like I used to take showers two times a day when I was younger. It's just, it's unreal that I had lived decades of my life, presumably with this stuff trapped basically in my liver. And I'm like you, the moment it happened, it was like, Oh my God, I felt just better. Uh, My first thought was this is how I felt when I was 16, but anyhow.
1: Right. Sorry. I just want to mention also, I remember as a child, I could never focus. I could never keep my focus on my, my schoolwork. I couldn't focus on many things actually, but the minute I had that experience, my focus was spot on. So I wonder if a lot of people are walking around with this, you know, foggy, crazy brain, that this is the issue. And I feel if it, they it were is. really to it, get are just board, We're yeah, toxic. I mean, come on. Up.
0: Yeah, we're yeah, toxic. Yeah, When, when I talk with certain people that I respect and that are medically adept, people who I would easily go to, with medical problems, which isn't the hospital for me, mostly unless my mm-hmm. arm's hanging by a thread, <laughs> they they will say you are so toxic that it is nearly impossible to get to the the crux of what's wrong with people. And then we start getting into it: what's in your drinking water where you are? What kind of food have you been eating? Do you eat fruits and vegetables that have been sprayed with pesticides? Do you live in a place where chemtrailing? I mean, the the list goes on and on and on, and that is the whole. Isn't that the premise for the zombie movies, right? That's really what they're making yes. fun of is people sleepwalking. Well, why are they sleepwalking? Well, I think what we're talking about here, they're toxic. We've gotten to a point where all this synthetic nonsense that makes up the parallel civil system of our world is making us toxic to the point, And I'll harp on it one more time where go look at what's going on in Japan. Their food is better than Mm -hmm. our food. Mostly it's almost hard to fathom what has happened there. Part of it is cultural, but I'm literally telling you, if something doesn't change in 50 years, a Japanese person to see a Japanese person will be like seeing the rarest endangered species in the world. And how did that happen? You know, so that's why this matters. Anyhow, I was about to ask Jason, do you want to wedge in here for anything? So as far as the stuff that's in you that's coming out, has anyone actually analyzed it to see what generally it might be that a lot of people are having trapped inside of them? That's a good question. Um, I'd be afraid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about has anyone as uh, like a scientist or something or just the person, the people themselves? Either or. Yeah. Generally, there are people out there that use chopsticks and they kind of dig in a little bit just to see what's going on, because they have felt like some movement or something in their in their gut. And they have found parasites. I myself did, too. We all have them, but it's to what degree do we have them. And so,
0: yes, people have found some really horrendous-looking creatures. I think he's talking about chemically analyzed, though. Both, because I, I hear stories even of people using the... Uh, Turpentine and getting out the little buggies. Right. Yeah. Well, here's here's something I can add. When we first got into the Gerson and we were looking at colonics, we met people. We actually sought out people in colonics. And believe me, the way that most of that's done, I'm not really down with it, particularly not all the time. There's problems and there's problems with the train. But the point I would make, it's common knowledge because when they give you a colonic, there's a clear tube that's drawing everything back out worms, these little worms mm-hmm. in almost everyone. And what they told us is people who have cats, for some reason, tend to have a lot more of these. But what I was referring to, because I never noticed the worms or anything, what I noticed was literally like a jellyfish consistency that smelled very toxic. And to get to get that analyzed, I mean, I'd almost be afraid to know what's, what's in that.
1: Yeah, that actually sounds like a sack, a sack of parasites. So I've actually seen that. I mean, I haven't analyzed it, but I have actually seen one. And when you get really up close, you can actually see them in there. I mean, I just got one recently sent to me, not in real life, but in an email. And when you zoom in, you can see it actually has a backbone. It's the most awful looking thing ever. And this girl is completely healthy, lives in Puerto Rico. Her diet is healthy. She does coffee enemas daily because she's battling breast cancer, you know, naturally. Um, And her diet is mostly vegetarian. So I often wonder, you know, she eats a lot of salmon. I tend to stay away from sushi because of this reason.
0: Yeah, It makes me
1: a bit nervous. But yeah, there are things inside of us that are quite awful. Also, a lot of people will mention to me that they tend to wake up around three o'clock in the morning. And when you understand parasites, they wake up between two and four. So they start to stir in your gut, which actually disturbs you. You wake up, you think you need to pee. But who's to know? Is it that? Is it that that woke you? Or What is it? But that's when they actually start to wake up in your body is around three o'clock. So anyone listening to this, if you have that issue, uh, might want to look into it.
0: Well, here's the other thing. I was aware of parasites and what I've learned later, and I never saw a parasite of any kind come out of me. And by the way, I ended up doing one colonic and no mention of parasites. But here's the thing. I always grew, when I was younger, peppers, all kinds of chili peppers and herbs. And so we would eat, when I was younger, we would eat some of the hottest peppers, just eat them. It's like an endorphin rush, kind of. Some people get addicted to it, Mm -hmm. by the way. But I was Mm -hmm. told that if you eat a lot of chili peppers, typically that flushes any parasite out of you that would be there. But I, I never noticed the parasites.
1: Yeah, well, parasites do not like garlic. Uh, they do not like oregano oil. That's one of the reasons I recommend that people do put drops of oregano oil in their coffee bucket. And they don't like anything peppery and hot. So you may have eliminated them right off the bat, unknowingly.
0: Yeah, from a very young age, we were we were eating very very hot peppers. We got to the point where we were taking bites of French bonnet peppers. Have gotten much hotter since I was growing them. Now it's like a thing. To see if you can get the hottest pepper in the world, but anyhow, let's push on. Uh, I, I don't quite get the uh, the next one. What is drinking GC and something about medicinal? Oh, oh green, coffee, green, coffee. green coffee, drinking green coffee. So, so I know that's not yeah. going to taste very good.
1: I haven't tried it. I know a couple of people that have tried it. A lot of my clients actually—they were the ones who reached out to me and said that they loved it. That it just gave them this almost enormous. Energy throughout the day that they were kind of hooked on it, almost like um an endorphin rush. And they also said that it gave them massive clarity. That along with doing the coffee enemas, drinking it was almost like you know the perfect solution for them. So I have never drunk it. I think Rose drank it, didn't you? Rose? She did. Or she Jason? did. She
0: she actually just messaged me. Um, she says Jason yeah. may have diluted it, but the caffeine content's going to be higher, right?
1: Very high. It is high. Yeah. And you're still getting the palmitates, all the palmitates that are in it. You're still getting that. So I, I mean, obviously drinking coffee orally and rectally are two different processes. Like generally when you we drink coffee, our regular coffee, it temporarily shuts the liver down. Whereas when you take it rectally, it opens the liver up. So they kind of have the reverse so i don't know i don't know i don't understand that one but if it works then yeah great
0: you know what i'm actually going to do it just just because i can i'm going to make some green (laughs) coffee to because i was under the Uh impression that it that it wouldn't taste very good but rose is saying it didn't taste bad um she says it was stronger she said it was definitely stronger but uh i i'm into that you know who doesn't like a a caffeine boost every now and again i'm surprised jason hasn't been all over it jason i I tasted it i didn't really care for the taste though (laughs) well what was it like more like an herbal tea ish kind of thing Mm.
1: yeah i think it's going to taste differently to each and every one a lot of people get the smell of the coffee when it's boiling some people say it smells like cabbage other people say it smells like peanut butter a different smell is, I think, related to the toxicity of your body. For those that smell it and it makes them feel sick, they're the
0: people that are highly toxic, in my opinion. That's what I found. From what i am gathered, most of us living in the modern era are toxic. Even if yeah. you're fortunate enough to be in a place where there's decent water, that's why what we're talking about matters. I know of absolutely no other way to address the problem of toxins building up in our body, the the whole idea of heavy metals, right? Yeah. They put a limit on what's safe lead for, you know, some child, but that's, that's not, it's never coming out of you again. If you don't basically do this or some version of this. So basically if you've got heavy metals in you, how can they possibly get out of you? That's what I would ask. But anyhow, coming up on the next one, people are asking if they can hold their cell phone while they're doing a coffee enema and, (laughs) I already know <laughs> that they're going to be using their timer on their cell phone, but what, what's your response right. <laughs> to the uh, frequency device in your hand?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, will, I should say no. And I will say no because uh, of the EMF, the radiation that that's emitting, it's messing with the balance of your body and every cell in your body. So I tend to keep mine about 30 feet away from me. And uh, I mean, if you talk to Siri, she can hear you or have a watch there. But I tend to play different frequencies on my phone while I'm doing it, like a meditation frequency or a healing frequency. I play them in my house anyway, or, or Baroque music in the back, because I want to just balance my whole body and brain. So I would say no if you can help it, but it's difficult. In today's world, everyone's gonna watch and hold their phone, whether they're watching YouTube videos on there or or whatever. But there are devices that you can have that can help omit the um, the EMS from your phone. Like I have a Shongite ring that I wear that I've worn for nearly twenty years. So I know that Shongite helps it repel. Does. EMS. Yeah. And I've got, um, another little device on the back of my phone. So I do from a lot. Derek Condit,
0: I got that too. The Derek. Condit yeah. Sticker.
1: Actually I do not. I do not have that cause I've had this way before I heard of him, but, mm. um, yeah, they, they're great. I think they, work. they are.
0: It, it works. I have a sticker on the back yeah. of my phone, but I don't use my phone like yeah. most people. And by the way, it goes in a room away from me at about eight or nine at night and it gets turned off. I right. mean, but the, the next question is about frequency or sound, but I mean, I'll take a stab at this. Every organ in your body has a frequency. How do I know this? Because everything that has a shape, that shape is being created by a vibrational rate. And it may be multiples and other things. But the point I would make is if we knew enough about frequencies, I am absolutely convinced that you could actually have a correct frequency to help you with the process that we're talking about, whether it was the liver's resonance or something to help you expel or whatever it might be. As we learn more about the idea of cymatics, these are the things, I mean, I'm absolutely convinced that there was a time in the world's past where people were absolutely healed, lock, stock, and barrel with frequencies, basically a vibratory rate. You add anything about frequencies?
1: Uh, no, I, ju- I mean,
0: I believe what you're saying. Absolutely.
1: It is true. I'm all about frequencies. And that's why I was really enthralled with the last couple of um, episodes that you had with Shari. And I can't remember the other one. But yeah, I mean, I every day I will pick a different frequency that resonates with my body that day. So some days it might be three days in a row. Others, it might be a different one in the morning, a different one in the afternoon. But I feel absolutely certain that the vibration helps.
0: You know, Jason, we should make mention of the episode we just did with Sherry with the voice analyzing yeah. software. But here's the thing. I know, I know what we talked about. Is a reality. I know it. Yeah, and yeah. so what we're doing is we, we we're thinking about going back and either ponying up for the full version or asking for a full version so we can do a catch up. Now, part of the problem is is we vetted it to a point. I should have vetted further. Um, I was under the impression everything was free. So we'll come back around on that. And we're going to seek the full-blown mm-hmm. software. But at the end of the day, regardless of what comes of that, the things we talked about, they're, they're true. They can be done. Uh, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's not questionable. It's not. There are places in the world that are far enough down the road that they've been using this kind of analyzing technique for Lord knows. how. It's like AI, right? Everybody's so impressed with GPT chat. I think it's up to version four. Let me tell you something, right? What's actually available in the world is decades, probably 50, if not 75 years beyond what they're giving people freely charged to use. And by the way, while I'm getting off topic here, uh, there's been a moratorium call by some of the biggest names like Wozniak and of course, Elon Musk, the mascot gets pulled into everything, but some really, really big names have called for a moratorium of training all AI for six months because of the dangers. And they said anything above version four or five, I don't remember which. So chat GPT, I think is on version four. I don't know, but right there, what they're saying is this training needs to stop because what's about to happen could be dangerous. Anyhow, pulling us back around is it safe to do this when people are doing water fasts or other fasts in other words when they're doing a fast of any kind
1: yes in fact it's imperative really many people who go on a fast find that you know they get they get sick and the reason being is when you're fasting your liver is detoxing at a faster rate anyway and so to help the process along and eliminate the toxins that will be floating around in your blood system you need to do the coffee enemas to release that and get it out of there so anyone that's considering doing a fast should always implement coffee enemas into that so it does help the process it makes you less sickly uh definitely yeah always i feel like there's not a time when you shouldn't do a coffee enema to be honest
0: i agree our world is just so, so toxic. And the yeah. problem, it's like the frog in boiling water, right? He doesn't know he's boiling to death because he's been there. And <laughs> it's kind of like us right now. We're so right. toxic. But I, I had it explained to me with the Gerson method that you're drinking this, take the carrot juice. So the carrot juice is organic. It's pure. It's been pressed. So actually all the cells are still alive. In other words, I could have took that carrot out to my garden, put it in the ground and it would have grown. There's life there. Yeah,
1: it's enzymes.
0: Right. The juicing process is not destroying that. So I'm also ingesting life, among other things, when I'm ingesting that juice. The way it was described to me is it's knocking toxins off the cells or however it was done to me. The problem becomes now that that's all knocked free, it needs to come out. So how does it come out? Well, the Gerson method used coffee. That's how it gets out of you. And again, how, how, if we live a whole lifetime, never cleaning out our insides, the only time we're ever going to get a semblance of a clean out is like when you get the flu really, really bad and liquids coming out of every hole, you know, you're throwing up, you've got diarrhea. What's that about? Well, it's trying to clean you out, right? So how many times will you have the flu in your life? I would ask. And that's really the only other thing that I've ever considered That's getting stuff out of you in some maybe beneficial way other than this. So I agree with you. Uh, If we didn't have this, how could we possibly?
1: I know it's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable that people turn their noses up at it. And then I look at them and I think, well, boy, you should at least try it. You know, you can tell by looking at people that they're toxic in today's
0: world. You can. You see some people, mm-hmm. um, you can even tell when people appear to be eating too much meat sometimes
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and other things, you know, my, my reaction, when I first heard about this, I said, yeah, it'll be a cold day in Hades before I stick a tube up my butt and do an enema, <laughs> you know, that's how, that was my yeah. mindset. But then, yeah. and then I, the moment it was a PBS special years and years ago that brought up the Gerson method. And the moment they showed what was done with Michael Landon. That bell rang hard. I knew there and then. And I got the book. I got interested. My whole perspective changed because I realized this is we could have this. We could have people physically being cured of some of the most horrible things. Instead, what's happened? Hollywood defamed it. They used a beloved actor or two because they used Steve McQueen as well to defame it. And what do we get? We get a handful of drugs and radiation sickness. That's what we get. I've actually had people email me recently saying we had a newborn with leukemia, got a call from the hospital, wants to start radiation on the baby (gasps) immediately. Brand new baby. It's like, my God, are we really this retarded in this (laughs) era as to to do something like that? But this is the problem. Mm. This is what's happened to our medical schools. This is what's, you know, it's put it this way. In this era, the people who make it through are going to learn real quick that you have to do things for yourself. This mommy and daddy idea of authority has to be shunted aside and you have to take responsibility. Otherwise, guess what? You're getting cast into the, I take care of you system and the I take care of you system does things like I just described.
1: It creates disease. Yeah. It creates disease. It creates illness.
0: I can't give medical advice to people, but I'm quite aware of what radiating a brand new life would do. And by the way, you, you hit it on the head and I'd like to to look into it, you know, a baby of so many pounds, it's a rarity and it used to be 10, 11 pounds. Well, what does that tell you? It's like a fruit Mm -hmm. tree. How is it different than a fruit tree? If you have an apple tree or here's a better one, an avocado tree, because we were surrounded with them, the really healthy ones, man, they would make giant avocados, just giant and the other ones would make good avocados, but they were li- literally half the size. So what can I deduce? That tree is healthier than this tree, isn't it? Um, same kind of tree. They're both Haas, both same variety. I'm, I'm just saying, it's crazy. But Jason's telling me we're at 50 minutes. Marion, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you. And before you do that, everybody go up to the top navigation on Crow 777 Radio. Click the sponsors link. There's all the images that get you discounts that used to be on the play page. I still get emails. Go down to the blue one. It's like the color of the Israeli flag blue or sky blue. And in green letters, it says green coffee. And there's a discount code. Where can they find you to get your products?
1: Uh, My website, which is www.directionwithpurpose.com. I also am on Instagram, which is Marian's underscore everything, underscore, coffee. Um, that's really it. And my email, marion at directionwithpurpose.com.
0: All right. The 10% of the code that I have on the image and the sponsored link still good?
1: It is, yeah. That, that has been good this whole year.
0: Right. I just, I'm double checking while people are hearing it. Yeah. You know, th- this, is, this is a big deal. It's why I covered it. And I know there are going to people out there that are kind of repulsed by what we're talking about. But I'm telling you right now, Open up your mind and consider what we're saying. It's a big deal. If it wasn't, I wouldn't cover it. If I didn't have firsthand experience, I probably never would have covered this. But the first time this worked for me, a bell rang changed my whole life. I recognized the way we're doing things, not so good. There's better ways that everyone could have. And they are so simple. Some of them so simple and affordable. Not like going into the doctor's office and running up a $50,000 bill because you got a band aid. And I'm just saying, consider what we're talking about here. Look into it. Look into the Gerson method. Unfortunately, I'm hearing Gerson has corporatized a bit since Charlotte left us, which is unfortunate, but we have the books. Mm -hmm. So even if that's true, we have the books. You can do this for yourself. With that, I'm going to bring our one to a close. And we're going to prep up to come back for hour two of episode 495. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C R R O W 777radio.com. And by the way, I should mention, Jason, we just syndicated hour ones across Cast Garden, which is actually on World Wide Web 3. It hits the blockchain, but it's designed to keep up with the Joneses. And so, hour one is now syndicated. Everyone's got to come to CrowTriple7Radio.com for what we do now. Uh, We're weaning off almost entirely from social media other than to point what we're doing at this privately held website. With that, we're going to prep up, come back with hour two. Hope to see you over there. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. And what we just talked about can help part of that be true. The healthy part. There it is, man. Cheers.